Hello there, I'm Tyler Griffin, and this is Scripture Study Insights by Scripture Central. Today, 1 Nephi chapters 11 through 15. Before we dive into these scriptures today, I want you to consider something. Uh, the, the scriptures are written in such a way that they become so richly drenched with doctrines, with teachings, with principles, that sometimes we can overlook the fact that there are other incredible truths that are contained within the scriptures, one of them being this uh, handbook for how to learn and how to teach and how to lead and how to uh, be a parent. In, in so many beautiful ways, the scriptures are a handbook of instruction for instruction. So, if you ask the right questions and then go into your scripture study seeking direction and answers to those questions, you're far more likely to to have your scripture time be fulfilling and meaningful. Let me show you an example of what you can do when you approach teaching or learning in the scripture setting and then we're going to model a couple of examples of this using the scripture block today. There are three layers of questions that you can ask, and and these don't need to be formulaic. It doesn't need to be lockstep. You always have to do it the same way or it won't work. This is not a law. These are principles and effective practices that you can mix and match at different times in different settings and find great benefit. The first layer is to ask search level questions. Questions that would be things that you could find the answer sitting on the scripture page in front of you. You could ask students or your family as you're sitting down to study the scriptures together. I want you to look for, so often search level questions can begin with a simple look for. Look for what word Nephi uses to describe X, Y, and Z, or look for what words get repeated the most, or look for a word that seems a little bit out of place to you in these verses, whatever it may be. Otherwise, what happens is people can sometimes get lost in the text. Now, I want to I want to jump into chapter 11, 1 Nephi chapter 11, verse 1, and I want you to listen very carefully to this verse. See what you can learn here. For it came to pass, after I had desired to know the things that my father had seen, and believing that the Lord was able to make make them known unto me, as I sat pondering in mine heart, I was caught away in the spirit of the Lord, yea, into an exceedingly high mountain which I never had before seen, and upon which I never had before set my foot." Now, I want to pause there and just ask a really simple question. Consider for a moment how well you stayed focused on that verse while I was reading it or as you were following along. How how much did you engage? To what degree did you engage with that verse as I read it? My hunch is that many of you, if not most of you, heard me start reading, for it came to pass after I desired to know the things, and then somewhere in line two or three or maybe four, many people's brains probably zoned out, went to other things, 
didn't think about what I was reading. Why? It's because it's human nature. If you don't have something to anchor your attention, if you don't have a purpose or a meaning, you're far more likely to let your brain go into autopilot and it will go all kinds of other places that you hadn't anticipated. So, watch what happens. If you ask a search question before reading, by the way, have you ever been in a, in a gospel learning setting, either at home or at church, gospel doctrine, Sunday school, elders quorum, relief society lesson, where somebody is asked by the teacher to read a long block of scripture, maybe, maybe a long verse or two or three verses, or even a paragraph from a talk from general conference or something like that, and the person reading goes through the exercise of reading all those words on the page, they finish, and then the teacher will often say, now, what did you learn from that? Or what did you, what did you like most about that? And the reality is, is most people's minds, human nature, have been prone to wander while that reading was going on, and so the question now comes at the end, and they don't know the answer. So they quickly look down and try to find something that they can comment on. Brothers and sisters, the simplest thing you can do if you're teaching or if you're leading, if you're a parent in a, in a uh, gospel discussion with children and you're reading scriptures, instead of waiting for the end of the reading to ask your question, try putting that same question on the front end before they read. Ask a search level question and then you're far more likely to have the time spent reading be more productive because they'll probably dig in. So in this context, let's try it again. I want you to take a moment as we go through chapter 11, verse 1, again for the second time, but this time I want you to listen for or look for what did Nephi do? What are the verbs? He, he's going to model for us effective learning. So what did he do? What were his actions? For it came to pass, after I had desired to know the things that my father had seen, and believing that the Lord was able to make them known unto me, as I sat pondering in mine heart, I was caught away in the Spirit of the Lord, yea, into an exceedingly high mountain, which I had never before seen and upon which I had never before set my foot. Now, I, I could be wrong. Maybe that didn't help you. Maybe it didn't improve your attention span or your focus on the verse. But my hunch is that for many of you, you at least had an anchor point. You had something to focus on initially, and maybe you were able to notice that, wow, Nephi desired to know what his dad had seen. He believed that God was able to make those known, and he sat pondering in his heart those things. And then because of that, he was carried away in the Spirit. I love that principle for scripture study today, is to realize that if we set aside time from the things of the world to sit and ponder the words of prophets, it opens the door for the Holy Ghost to teach us things, for the Holy Ghost to take us places we've never been before, into mountain peaks of revelation, 
that are relevant and urgent and timely for, for situations that we may be facing today, rather than going through the struggles that we need help with and thinking, oh, I need to read my scriptures, read the scriptures, check there, I've got that out of the way, now let me get back to real life, but rather bring your real life into your scripture study with you, with those asking questions, searching for answers to what you're wrestling with. So, you're going to see some look for questions and some look for statements. There are going to be eight looks in chapter 11, all alone, where the the Spirit of the Lord and later on the angel is going to say to Nephi, look, after having introduced a question or something for Nephi to focus on and then shows him something, look, and now he dives in. You're also going to see that there's another level of questions that you can ask at the analysis level. It's not just finding written words on the page or looking for things in a movie or a vision context like this, but it's to then analyze what you saw, what you were able to identify, and and make sense of it. Some beautiful ways that that we could work with analysis level questions would be to start them with statements such as, so why do you think it is that, or in your opinion, why is it that the Lord did X in situation Y here, or help, help, help us make sense of this. Why do you think that that word is the one that got used? Or why is that the repeat concept here? Or why do you think it's put in this order? Analysis questions are beautiful when you don't have yes or no answers, when you don't have only one right answer, and you've got to guess what the teacher's thinking, but when it's open-ended to be able to say, hmm, let's, let's think this through. Let, let's analyze this carefully. What happens is then students will keep going back into those verses and they keep digging up, tilling up the soil of those scriptures until they can find more meaning. It's it's beautiful. And then it can lead to another level of questions that you can ask, which are application questions. Questions such as, so, so what? Therefore what? We, we found some things on the page, we've thought about them, we've analyzed the doctrine, the principles. How do they apply to us? They, this story happened, in this case, 2,600 years ago, and what difference should it make to people living today? And, and what principles that we've analyzed actually apply? Which ones are applicable to us, and what might they look like in our life today as we strive to move forward? in faith. Again, you don't have to do this in lockstep order. You can rely on all three of these types of questions as you're teaching, as you're parenting, as you're leading, and perhaps even most uh, applicably, as you're studying the scriptures for yourself. That you don't wait for other people to do this to you, but with the help of the Lord, you keep, you slow down in your scripture study, and you spend more time looking for relevant questions that you bring into into the text with you from your life, and you search out 
words on the page and then you analyze those doctrines and then you try with the help of the Holy Ghost to apply those. So let's watch this play out now on varying levels, bouncing back and forth between these three types of, of questions and discussion going on between Nephi and the Spirit. So in rapid succession, watch what happens. Verse 2, and the Spirit said unto me, Behold, what desirest thou? There's your first question. Nephi, what do you want? And he tells him, well, I, I want to see the things that my father saw. And so the Spirit asks him a follow-up question. It's more the application level. And the Spirit said unto me, Believest thou that thy father saw the tree of which he hath spoken? Nephi, do you really believe? Is this, is this a faith thing for you? Or are you, is this just a curiosity? You, you want to see this for, for a different reason. And Nephi's response is, yea, thou knowest that I believe all the words of my father. And then the, the Spirit of the Lord cried in a loud voice, saying, Hosanna. And then he says, because thou believest in the Son of the Most High God, thou shalt behold the thing which thou hast desired. And so now we're going to have a vision opened. And before he opens the vision, he gives him a look for. He gives him something to pay attention to, something to anchor his attention so that he won't get distracted in things that the vision isn't trying to answer. He's not going to be asking questions that, that aren't at the core of the purpose of showing this vision. So verse 7 he says, Behold, this thing shall be given unto thee for a sign that after thou hast beheld the tree which bore the fruit which thy father tasted, thou shalt also behold a man descending out of heaven. So, you're going to see a tree, Nephi, and then you're going to see something that you didn't ask to see. You're going to see a man who's descending out of heaven. And then he finishes by saying, and him shall ye witness, and after ye have witnessed him, ye shall bear record that it is the Son of God. I love this because you have, let me clear this, you have this beautiful intro to, to vision number one. Nephi's going to get eight visions in chapter 11 alone, eight looks, scene changes. But he's told you're going to see the tree that your father saw, the tree of life, but after you've seen the tree of life, you're going to see a man descending out of heaven, and then he says you're going to bear witness that it is the Son of God. It's fascinating that the Spirit of the Lord would enter it this way, almost as if to say, Nephi, you're going to analyze, why am I showing you a tree that you asked to see and then a man descending that you didn't ask to see, and then you're going to bear witness that it is the Son of God? It's almost as if he's saying the man you saw descending is the person who is represented by this symbolic tree that you're originally going to see. That's just one way to look at this verse. There are many others. The scriptures are deep in, in symbolism and broad in application. They can take it, but that's one way you could look at it. So then comes the invitation, verse 8, and it came to pass that the Spirit said unto me, look. So if, you're mark, if you like to mark your scriptures, you could highlight the word look right there and put in the margin number one, because this is the first of eight that you're going to get in chapter 11. Look. So, did you catch this, that when Nephi looks to the vision, he already has something to anchor his, 
his thoughts. I'm looking for the tree and then I'm looking for the man and I'm looking for symbolic connections. So he looked and beheld the tree and it was like unto the tree which my father had seen and the beauty thereof was far beyond, yea, exceeding all beauty and the whiteness thereof did exceed the whiteness of the driven snow. So the thing that he's focusing on is it was extremely beautiful and it was extremely white. So he picks up on that. And it came to pass that after I had seen the tree, I said unto the Spirit, I behold that thou hast shown unto me the tree which is precious above all. And then the, the Spirit asks him this follow-up question, what desirest thou? Do you notice that the first question the Spirit asked him was, what desirest thou, back in verse 2? Now he repeats it word for word. Nephi, in verse 2 you asked to see the tree, I just showed you the tree. What desirest thou? I love this use of agency, that this, the Spirit of the Lord as the ideal tutor here, the real teacher in any gospel setting, in any setting I would say, is honoring and respecting that agency. Nephi, what, what do you desire now? And he says, well, I, I want to know the interpretation thereof. So before I just asked to see the tree, now I've seen it, I, I want to know what it means. Help me understand it. So he's already in analysis mode. He's trying to figure out deeper meaning and, and how does this all fit together. And verse 12 says, it came to pass that he said unto me, look. Here's the second vision. I looked and then the spirit leaves, but instead he sees the city, the great city of Jerusalem, and also other cities, and I beheld the city of Nazareth. And in that city of Nazareth, I beheld a virgin, and she was exceedingly fair and white. Did you see that there are two descriptions given to the tree? That is a symbolic representation of Jesus Christ, and it's the exact same two adjectives that are used by Nephi to describe the mother of Jesus Christ, Mary. She is exceedingly fair and white. I love the, the imagery as you now analyze for yourself. Uh, what are the, the symbolic connections between a tree of life and Jesus Christ? How is the tree of life a beautiful metaphor for the Savior? This, this fruit-bearing, this shade-providing, this firm foundation rooted in, in eternity kind of imagery of the tree of life. You can see some of those symbols and you can add to this. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, as you sit and ponder in your heart what all of this might mean for you in your setting with your family or with your calling or with your career or with your relationships, it's beautiful what the Holy Ghost can then teach you that no human being could, could present to you. And that's probably where your life is more likely to change, is when the Holy Ghost becomes your personal guide as he is guiding Nephi here, much more so than when somebody is talking to you and sharing insights. Now, we've done this for the Savior. Now, you could look at a different symbolic level or a different layer, obviously with the, the Savior Jesus Christ being the, the core 
representation of all good symbols in the, in the scriptures and in the gospel. At the core, the, the foundation, the root symbol is always going to be Jesus Christ. But the scriptures and these symbols are deep enough that there are other, other applications. And I love it when people recognize that I don't have to throw out one scriptural symbol interpretation in order to study or discover additional ones. We don't need to make it a, an either-or. This can be a both-and discussion. The tree of life is a representation of Jesus Christ. That's very clear through this story and, and through other places in the scriptures. But it's also a beautiful symbolic representation of his mother who gave him life. The fruit that she bore for all of us to partake of symbolically is the Son of God. And I love the fact that Nephi connects those two same adjectives, fair and white, this beautiful and white um, being, this virgin, that you can stop and say, hmm, I wonder what Jesus Christ learned as he grew and as he prepared for his ministry. I wonder what he learned from his beloved mother. Now, we don't worship Mary, but we respect and we have reverence for Mary and for the mission that she fulfilled. Without her fulfilling her mission, we don't have the Savior born the way he is. And so it's beautiful to, to then look for these kinds of levels that you can then analyze and ask more questions at deeper levels and then find greater application for your own life at additional symbolic levels. So you can see that you can search, you can analyze, you can apply, you can ask all these questions on different levels going back and forth as you dive in and spend more time interacting with the scriptures. So, in the rest of chapter 11, spend some time looking for the questions that are asked, because there are multiple questions here, and for the scene changes, the look, the look, the look, and what it is that is trying to be taught. Then you come to chapter 12. This is the Nephite and Lamanite scenes that are given to Nephi. There are two of them two scene changes. So you get two looks and only one question asked. And the one question helps set the stage for the second look. And you can find that if you look for it and then analyze what that question really means and what principles are taught and how those principles could apply to us today. And then you come to chapter 14 and, sorry, chapter 13 is the New World, the Americas, you have one scene. It's one look in the entire chapter with two questions. So see if you can find those two questions and analyze what those questions might mean and why they're put where they're put and how they set us up for better understanding the significance of God having people come over to the New World, the Americas, North and South America. And then you get into chapter 14, and this is the latter-day churches scenes. So you're going to see in chapter 14 
Nephi's prophetic vision with the angel as his guide showing him things happening in the latter days. And there are two scene changes here, two looks. Now, with, with uh, the vision ending, Nephi comes down off of the mountain of Revelation into camp, and in chapter 15, he sees Laman and Lemuel, his brothers, and they're disputing one with another. They're, they're contending. Uh, so verse 2 says, It came to pass that I beheld my brethren, and they were disputing one with another concerning the things which my father had spoken unto them. Word to the wise, if you want to learn, if you want to grow in knowledge, grow in truth, spend less time arguing or disputing with other people about what the prophets have said or about what the scriptures have said. Don't contend and spend perhaps more time asking God to guide your efforts as you spend more time digging in and immersing yourself in the scriptures and the words of the prophets, seeking for the Spirit of the Lord to teach you what lessons he wants you to learn. Look at verse 8. I said unto them, have ye inquired of the Lord? He's basically asking them, what have you done? What do you really desire to know? And have you asked God for help? And their answer, we have not, for the Lord maketh no such thing known unto us. And behold, I said unto them, how is it that you do not keep the commandments of the Lord? How is it that you will perish because of the hardness of your hearts? And he goes on to ask more questions. You could find the question marks and then ponder each question that Nephi asks, and instead of pointing a finger of accusation or a finger of scorn at Laman and Lemuel 2,600 years ago, you could maybe point that finger at yourself and say, what are some areas of my life that I haven't appropriately turned to the Lord? What are some things that I have, have tried to do on my own because maybe I lacked faith that, that God doesn't make such things known unto me? Maybe I need to increase my trust in Him, and maybe I need to go back to the drawing board of faith and go and ask Him some of these questions that, that maybe I'm guilty Maybe my heart has been too hardened. And so now you're asking application questions of yourself and perhaps of your family and perhaps of, of somebody in your leadership uh, jurisdiction, and it opens up avenues and means for reflection and your heart to be open for the Holy Ghost to, to help you feel and your mind to be turned heavenward to think new things and to get new revelation. So, as you go through the rest of chapter 15, pay attention, look for the teaching techniques that Nephi employs and what Laman and Lemuel do, and don't just make fun of Laman and Lemuel for where they mess up. Celebrate with them when they do well and find application for what we could do to not fall into some of the same traps that they maybe have struggled with in their own uh, progress along the covenant path. And you'll also notice as you go through, you can look for Nephi's interpretations of some of those elements of the dream of Lehi, like the tree, the rod of iron, the river of water, and he gives you a description of what those things mean. So then you can analyze more fully what those 
symbolically might be represented by in your life today and then find better ways to partake of the fruit of the tree of life, to hold to that rod of iron, to avoid that river of water and that awful gulf, that awful hell that, that separates us. So, in closing, these scriptures are loaded with answers, but they're also loaded with incredible questions. And they will ask us questions, and if we can then, with the help of the Holy Ghost, find answers, that's wonderful. And if we can ask the Lord questions and bring those questions into the scriptures, we're far more likely to find answers, and we're far less likely to have that experience where we read an entire page of scripture and turn the page and think to ourselves, hmm, I couldn't tell you one word that I just read because I didn't, I don't remember any of it because my brain was somewhere else. And when that happens, the invitation is turn the page back, bring what your brain focused on instead, bring that to the front, ask some relevant questions of yourself, and then go back into those scriptures again, looking for answers to those questions or those concerns that were so strong that they pulled your mind away. In closing, I love these scriptures, not because of the words on the page, but because of God and Jesus Christ revealing themselves through words on the page with the help of the Holy Ghost, helping me to see them more clearly as I dive deeper and deeper and deeper. These scriptures never get old. I, I've never found the bottom and I've never found the, the breadth. They're a gift that just keep on giving. And it's my prayer that we'll keep striving to dive deeper than ever before and go broader than ever before in our study of the scriptures this year. And I leave that with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Know that you're loved. In this week's Gospel Explorer, there is a lot going on. On the left side, we explore the intricacies of Lehi's dream. This will enhance your knowledge of the meaning and symbolism of the vision. You will also find deeper connections of Lehi's dream to your lives. The next pathway will take you into a study of the power of prophets in our lives. They are the watchmen on the tower and they can see what we cannot. The third path discusses the two churches in the latter days, the Church of the Lamb and the Church of the Devil. Lastly, you can take the fourth pathway and dive into a study of seeking truth in your lives. We hope that this encourages you to dig deeper in your personal study of the scriptures and draw closer to the Savior. Thank you.